Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week in league, Jason Taylor, long-time listener, first-time caller. After looking hard and finding no recent success to punish, Parramatta Eels will now be stripped of the 1986 Premiership. Trent Barrett to endear himself to the Manly fan base the only way he knows how, slapping the piss out of Kieran Foran on the sideline. And we preview all of the action for Round 12 of the 2015 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 190 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Hang on, mate. Oh, mate, I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. You're, you're, saying, like, you're saying that like, oh, you know, like, oh, I don't, I don't ask you how you are. Or, you you know, never do. You don't care. You fucking, I, since you become a hipster, you stop caring. I fucking since, ask you every look, you episode. Hipster, every episode. You became like a bona fide hipster and I shaved my beard <laughs> off. And now you just don't get care. I'm not cool enough. I don't fucking sip lattes with you anymore. Yeah. Well, for starters, you drink your coffee from McDonald's. That's the first one. And like week on week. Dude, I've just become like a junkie really quickly. Yeah. And But you do know, you enjoy the flavour of coffee now? Or you're just drinking it just as a fucking like as a fuel? I don't I can tell I'm actually learning like the difference. Like if you go to there's a coffee place just near McDonald's, ironically. Um, called Dark Horse Coffee, which is the coffee shop we were looking at buying. So you want to drink some coffee? I was just going to do some lyrics for you there, but you don't know what I'm saying right now, do you? No. Another referential retard for the collection? Yeah. Fuck. And what a budding, <laughs> what a budding collection it is. Fuck. <laughs> someone, will fucking, someone will get it, and I predict the first person to get it will probably be Shanto, because he's fucking up there on the references every time. Yeah. He's the one that throws out the counter to it straight away. Let me tell you, Shanta, um... I'm just going to say, a man that's punching that far above his weight spends far too much time watching movies and wrestling and fucking shit that he gets all the references from. <laughs> yeah, but the dude was Let laid up Let me give you a little tip as to what you should be doing with your time, my friend. <laughs> he was he was laid up with a shattered ankle for like a year. Yeah. A lot of time, you know, he would have had a little downtime. Oh, really? Yeah. Downtime. Exactly. Down. On his back. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, let's, you know, without getting too... I mean, someone had to fucking pay the bills, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> She help. wasn't there all the time. That's all I'm saying. Oh, and hell. yes, I mean, no doubt. Marriage 101, Michael. God, and, fuck. And I'm sure so it's disappointed in you. And I'm sure that there was a there, there was a mystery 25th player on Penrith roster, uh, the first grade <laughs> roster last year, being paid $300,000 called you know, Michael, Michael Gregson. But <laughs> never played a game. No one's ever heard of him. Somehow the newspapers didn't pick it up, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he actually signed a four-year deal, <laughs> if the numbers uh, are correct, yeah. to my knowledge. A deal's so good, like Simon Dwyer's like, oh, fuck, I should have gone and played yeah. Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I can I can tell the difference between a quality, quality coffee and a not-so-quality coffee, but I'm really, I'm like the junkie that's just, you know, 
from a fucking dodgy spoon. It was like fucking mix it, mix that shit with baby powder, mix it with bicarb. Yeah, I mean, I'll just melt it's, that it's, shit and stick it in my veins. Exactly. Just give it to me. I mastered coffee this week. I mastered it. Did I tell you about the the story? Have I told mentioned the Bangkok Hilton story that I heard about? It? This is my prototypical fucking junkie story. I don't think so. I read an article. Uh, it was an article on junkies, and um, I think it was in Rolling Stone magazine years ago. And um, it was a story about you know these. Australian guys that were in the, the Bangkok Hilton mm-hmm. and um, they were in a cell with you know like fucking a bunch of other people and uh, there was a few obviously uh, pretty hardcore junkies in there yeah. and they'd um, someone had sent them in a pig as you know as a, a gift yeah. and in the um, in the fucking pigs in test time were all these fucking bags the of drugs <laughs> but half of them are busted like most yeah. they're, sorry they'd all busted yeah. so these guys are fucking injecting pigs blood into their own blood to try and get a hit from the heroin that was inside the pigs blood jeez that's fucking amazing I thought they were like tucking that's, down eating some ribs and like chasing the dragon you know via, via delicious fucking baby back ribs yeah no, no. nothing quite as uh, that's why I eat ribs so much just trying to get high from this week in hipsters and Junkies and uh, moving on to class A <laughs> narcotics. <laughs> I fucking I've mastered the coffee thing. I was, I was I thought I had to. Well, so have I. I say, can I have a coffee, please? Here's my five bucks. See, I, I would make you a coffee, but if you had a coffee at, at nine o'clock at night, yeah, you'd be great on the way home. The show would be fantastic. You'd be full of energy the whole time for the show. But then you know, you want to start going to sleep about fucking midday tomorrow because you wouldn't slept. I reckon I'd be okay. Yeah, I reckon I can. Got this new got this new thing because I, uh, S had packed up like uh, packed up my coffee machine just to like more have more space on the bench tops, but um, packed up like the the fucking plungers and everything as well. I'm like, oh fuck, couldn't find them, so like, they're probably over at Kennards. But um, so I went and, I went and got this AeroPress, which is kind of like a plunger, but it's just it's technological. Looks more like a fucking billy. But um, didn't know where to fucking pack it with weed or. I was going to say, as yeah. in a, a fucking yeah, Billy, yeah. like a Billy T thing, or a Billy like a, as like in a bomb, slang for fucking. It's kind of like a plate. Oh, I tell you, it took me. I had my fourth coffee with it today, this morning, and um, finally nailed it. Like just like the grind, the amount of coffee to make it strong enough. Oh fuck! I perfected the art of coffee. Finally, it took me four tries with this thing. It's amazing. Like you, you, I'd make you one of these, and you'd be like, yeah. Like, there's no bitterness or acidity in it because of like, the way, like you, you know, the temperature of the water and shit, and it just doesn't pull that stuff out. You can make it bitter if you like that, but no one really. I, I think that someone who doesn't like coffee, like you know, how that people, talks filling out your chinos, my friend. Yeah, you know that. You know, you know how that's people, parting your hair. That talk. <laughs> you know how you go. Um, you know, you know, how you get people to go. Oh, I love the smell of coffee. Fucking can't stand the taste of it. Oh, that was me all the time. Yeah, I think that would cure. That would cure that sort of thing because it tastes fucking. It, like it tastes more like it smells. Like it doesn't have the bitterness. Like the surprise hit that. People don't like like the acidity. You know, I tell you, I fucking nailed it. Aeropress. I wish you know, get on board and sponsor us, and I'll sell a truckload of you motherfuckers because it's the best innovation in easy coffee making I've ever fucking had. Amazing. Why buy fucking you know five hundred, six hundred dollar, fucking thousand dollar coffee machine? You can get like a thirty four dollar Aeropress. Exactly. Sensational. I bought a five hundred dollar coffee machine, but whatever. Did you? Hmm. <laughs> Dummy. Um. Yeah, and Campos, fucking Obama blend coffee. Get that in you, sensational. Obama, Obama, yeah, it's like Kenyan mixed with you know, like Colombian oh, or something, you know, okay. like yeah. So they call it the Obama blend. It's fucking good shit. Um, membership started hitting home. They have the last couple of days. People are uh, people it's are fucking brilliant. Some, I love it. Get some selfies on, and then we're getting like 
Was the first one? Did the first one come from Timmy? And he did the naked one. Yeah, he had he the, did. you know, it was, Which it was is, no, I mean, you know, it's been done. We've seen you nude. But yeah, the photograph was from shoulders down. So like, you Thanks just fuck. You, yeah, yeah. He he assured us it was naked, but you know, whatever. Um, oh, and then, but everyone, start, but everyone started. Crew. Everyone started doing the same sort of shot. Then, like as far as like the scarf wrapped around their face or wrapped around the head and the lot, you know, like you know, acting like the daredevil or you know that kind of thing. And um, got some very interesting selfies. Uh, tremendous beard work it. on Andy Siegs. Andy Valenti. Yeah. He's got fucking mad. He's, yeah, I respect his beard game. Sensational. He's like, I'm going to be the Viking to my brother's fucking Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> he's just going, he just keeps going up in destination. Just fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, we've got uh, B15542. Uh, the membership pack is fucking amazing. Thanks, fellas. Hashtag is in decline. You're welcome, mate. You're doing so well. Thank with you for supporting the show. The uh, Jake underscore Chook said, uh, Got my shipping order confirmation for my membership pack. Going to rep the scarf on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't need to, mate. I mean, like, if we're going to... I don't want New South Wales people flashing, like, ref's fault. The, yeah, we don't want... Why? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Even if it's not ref's fault, pull the scarf up anyway. Get the camera, it, get it on yeah, TV. Yeah, pull, pull the scarf out. But but I would like it to be Queenslanders who are throwing it up the ref's fault with the scarves. That's all I'm saying. Just for the results, you know, from a results perspective. Because I'll take a win fucking based on the ref's fault. I don't care. Fuck it up all you like as long as it goes my way. Comes to origin, mate. You only get three shots a year <laughs> <laughs> by any means. Um, never underscore trendy 82 said, I just got a nice little package from this week in league. Looks good. Can't wait to get my hash rest fault going at the next Broncos game. Putting rest fault on the backside of that scarf, though, was just like it's gonna go down as one of the greatest ideas, yeah, that have happened around this show ever. I just I'm looking forward once everyone's got them and people start getting the games and you know, it's only going to take one fucking horrible decision. <laughs> yeah, to get it on there. You yeah. get a few people going. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, I'll take mine to Manly Broncos next Friday night. Friday week. You might have to lend it to the Broncos fans. Won't, yeah, I won't need it. I won't need to use it, but I'll have it. Yeah. You know, because you get done two hundred nil. But anyway, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we've got it covered. Hundred Bro- nil. Brookvale North, fucking easy. Always winning Queensland. We're getting to it, Nathan. Just remain calm. <laughs> we'll get to it on next week's episode. Yeah. yeah. Up twenty three. Off to get some pineapple cruises to open with my this week in league bottle opener. Indeed. Hang on, aren't they twist tops? <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. There's like layers I get to that it. shit. There's I'm layers. Just, I'm just, I'm surprised that Mup has that much intelligence that he can remember all the way back then. Yeah, because we sure don't. Because Was that you know, last year or the year before? Year, year before. Fuck. Yeah, we were drunk enough to. We, that's because we were drunk enough not to realise the difference. Was that when old mate ran into my car the next morning? Yeah, we had to have been. Well, how many drunken episodes are there? It's, we've done ones other than the Twillies, haven't we? We did one just because once, didn't we? Or didn't we? I can't nah. remember. This is the problem. When you get drunk doing an episode, you forget everything about the production yeah, of that episode. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We should yeah. do it more often, but fuck, then it becomes, you know, I can't drive home. Then I've got to get up early. Oh, fuck. Fucking get up early, though. Like, you're gone before like before I wake up, and I'm still, like, it's not like I sleep in or anything. If, yeah, well, that's it. If I mean, I, like, um, I get up at 6, 6 15. The traffic would be a motherfucker if I don't mm. leave super early. Like, yeah, if you go trade. Plus, I've got to start at seven. Yeah. So yeah. I have to leave the house by six. Yep. Yep. You know, if you're any sort of mate, you get up and make me breakfast, whatever. Just yeah, but I mean, you know. And a coffee. Yeah. Well, you like McDonald's coffee, it's just down the road. I didn't get, say I like it. Grab, I some, grab, some, it. grab some fucking hot cakes while you're at it. There's what breakfast. about the fuckhead? Get hash brown for yourself. At Macca's drive through this evening. Yeah, this is this. Okay, this is a surprising story. You're fucking at Macca's drive through, really? Yeah. Well, I never. I get there. I order. I was like, you know what? Jeez, I could go a soft serve cone. 
But I'm going to buy my coffee anyway because I need to. I need that. That's, yeah. my, that's my fuel. That's my jam. Yeah. I get the coffee. Can I have a tall, <laughs> flat white with two sugars and a soft serve cone? That's all I want. So they actually do tall like as a thing. Like they're like, do they do vendors? Like, yeah, because like, that's like a Starbucks, you know, with the grande and the tall and the vendors. Oh, okay. They do, I mean, tall is as big as they go. Okay. Um, so I get the, get to the windows, like, that's 3.45. I'm like, I asked for a tall, mate. Did, is that a tall? And, he, oh, did you say tall? I thought you said small. No, no, tall, thanks, mate. Oh. <laughs> so he goes, runs out, fucking changes it with old mate at the coffee machine, comes back. So do I need to pay the extra? No, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay, cool. I get to the next window. Can you just park and we'll bring it out to you? Okay, sweet ass. I go and park. They come out. They bring me the coffee. I'm like, I ordered a soft serve cone. Um, just give me a moment. I'll go and check that out. She goes out. She goes back in. She comes back out. There was no soft serve cone put through. I was like, I only ordered two things. He's managed to fuck them both up. What? How does that happen? And the poor girl just sort of looked at me and she was very confused and said, you know, she was obviously thinking that her f- fucking $6.75 an hour was fucking not nearly enough for her to have to deal with my rage over not getting my soft serve fucking pig's fat on a cone. Yeah. So I drove off in a half with my coffee. And, and you're like, it. they fuck you in the drive-thru. I don't get that either. No, I know. What's that from? I know. I, that from I, Pulp Fiction? I fucking told you before the show, I even asked you if you'd seen the movie and you still didn't get the reference even when I'd what come back. What movie are you talking about? Leave the Weapon 2. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I could have seen it, but I don't think I have. <laughs> so, yeah, so what you're telling me is you've never watched Friday Night Football in the last couple of years, then, because there's always a Lethal Weapon movie thrown on after the second game. Generally after, after the footy, I turn the TV off if I'm still awake. Maybe I've probably slept through Lethal Weapon 2 a bunch of times. You should, yeah, you should know. You should you know, just know it by fucking you know, osmosis or something. Um, Chapo tweeted us and said, the based Chapo, if anyone would like to follow him, I'd recommend not. Yeah, please don't. Is there any prize for getting Hash Ref's fault scarf on TV during a game? Probably no. not. No. But there might be an occasion where it just happens so impressively that we're just compelled to you get the glory you get the glory that's what you get and you get you know obviously when you're sitting at home on the couch and your undies next to mum and dad and you tell mum and dad look I got I got my scarf on TV mum hey dad what do you reckon about this I got my scarf on I got my scarf on TV guys and then you get praise from your mum and dad yeah have some extra gravy yeah here here's some extra gravy put put put, pass us your mug again son have, come here, have some gravy. Yeah. And and maybe put a shirt on, because, you know, just the undies and no shirt. And then the James, uncle, James, and then the uncle you know, comes Getting into an age where you, maybe you should start wearing a shirt when we sit and watch TV together when you're in your undies. And his uncle comes out from the from the spare room, like, you know, in the singlet yeah. and, and the starbies, and he's going, Uncle Shoeshine. How did you get a scarf on TV? You don't have a fucking leave the house anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Shoeshine with the real talk. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, DMC Breeze. Controversial. Topical for this week, though. State of Origin no longer has X Factor. See all players against each other every weekend. Now it's an all-star exhibition. Hash no passion. Hash no fights. I do lament the loss of fights. 
Because when I think back, there's usually always good football on display in Origin. Although it has become tended to become a more sort of dour, defensive-oriented mm. thing, which I think takes away the attractiveness of it somewhat. But the fights and stuff was—that's the stuff you remember. The aggression and the and the passion is what State of Origin is born from. You know, like you can't tell me that the, everyone every year talks about Arthur Beats and Belton Mick Cronin. Yeah. And now we can't have a fight. No one can punch yeah. on yeah. because of the kiddies. Yeah. Well, look, two changes to make Origin a thousand percent better. One, full strength tinnies at the grounds. <laughs> Do not support that endorsement. So you know, therefore, therefore, supplying people with grenades should they need to voice <laughs> their their disapproval of the refereeing decision on mass. Two. Free for all, amnesty, like it, like it was in when Mark Guy was elbowing everybody in the head. He almost got pretty much. A, he should have been rubbed out for life Did in Mark that game. Guy, Mark Guy played more than one Origin. I saw someone tweet today about Mark Guy played one Origin, and now he's like an expert every time Origin comes up. I'm that wasn't sure. he, that wasn't his only Origin. He's played more than one Origin. I'm sure. If he did, what a fucking origin. If he did only play one, though, what a fucking splash, though. I mean, that was one of the single greatest insane fucking like. Just madman, just running. Like he's killing def- people. His his defense was just predicated on leading with an elbow. Bam, Peter Jackson. Bam, pull off. Bam, Wally Wanker. Just fucking decking fools. Sensational. And like, yeah, you know, he'd be rubbed out for fucking an entire season for that. Yep. For what he did in that yep. one game. He should. He sure would and, be um, these days. Yeah, these days. Fuck. Game's gone soft. Thanks, Uncle Shushan. It's a nanny state. <laughs> That's. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, the world's gone PC like mad. Take, I feel like I just want to sit next to you on the couch in my undies. Talk such real talk. Um, uh, Chapo again said, just in regards to your discussion about Josh Reynolds, he was put on report for the sixth time in 16 games on the weekend. <laughs> he did. He's, he's a fucking Chapo of the NRL. He's that trying part. to chase down that record that, that, that like the Matai looked like threatening at one stage. But uh, Tiger underscore Benji, there's nowhere near enough beard talk on this weekend league anymore. Look, you're right. Can I just say my beard is looking sensational and still going strong. Fucking uh, got a bit of got a bit of shaped the other day. Got some barber. shape. Got yeah. some product in it. Got yeah, your got, hipster with the part. Well, I've got the got the coif, and the, uh, you've got the chinos on with a black fucking customary black t-shirt. Always, uh, always wear black t-shirts. Just, just saying. Just saying. I'm just looking saying. looking fucking fresh. That's what you're saying, right? Huh? Looking sharp. Sharp as a motherfucker. Let me tell you. The haircut's fucking fresh as all fuck, though, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. If I, I'm just saying, if I'd have said to you 12 weeks ago, you're going to end up with a head with a haircut like that, and you're going to have a beard and it's going to be full of shape. If I'd have said to you that last season, the beard thing would have called me a damn fucking liar. Oh, I, yeah, the beard thing, I absolutely would have. I, I, 100%, because it was just a spur moment thing. Like, yeah, you're right. But so honestly. Often you tell me I'm right on this show, Nathan. Yeah, but. um. I had to change barber for my necessity because, like, I, I liked my usual barber, but the motherfucker was so unreliable. He'd go down there, he'd be he'd be open sort of normal hours, and on, on Saturdays or whatever he'd close on at three o'clock. Say, so I went down there one weekend because, like, I didn't have time through the week to go and get a haircut. So I'd go down on Saturday arvo at like two, shut. Oh, maybe fuck off early, whatever. Okay, so the next Saturday go down. Nice. No, <laughs> no, no, still late later in the afternoon, but no, shut. Oh, now I'm getting fucking pissed off. So I went down there on a week, on a, must have been a Friday morning, I had my daughter um, with me and went down and opens at 9.30, say, 
get down there at 9.45 and there's a thing on the door, a little note that says, you know, back at, you know, back at, uh, no, no it was, yeah, it was back at 9.30, this, the note said. And it was 9.45 and I'm like, oh, no, you know, could have got detained or whatever. So we'll just go around, there's a cafe around the corner, we'll just have some morning tea and you can have hot chocolate and all that, you know, whatever. So Come back at 12. Went to Coles next to that and got picked up some bits and pieces we need as well. Rock around there at 10.30 or 10.45. Still shut. I was kind of, that's it. I just can't fucking do it anymore. You're only five minutes away. Fuck, dude. So, um, yeah, then I saw these guys um on a tattoo, <laughs> on a tattooist's uh, Facebook page that, um, that I follow. I was like, oh, fuck, they're close. I'll go down there. And I'm very glad I did. Sensational. Um, where are we? Dragon's Girl 2010 has emerged. Great pronunciation of my name. Top job, boys. Not many people get it right. Well, I had nothing to do with it. I can't take any credit for it. The new exotic has been unveiled. And quite frankly, I hope she wins the tipping competition or at least stays in the top 10 for the rest of the season. She has a magnificent name. It's magnificent. And we'll we'll, we'll hear that later on if she's still in the mix. Stuart Marler, serious question. These are all mismatched tonight. Does one have to be registered with the NRL to play State of Origin? Are the days gone? Sorry, are the days of grabbing a player from outside the NRL gone? Ah. Meaning, like, you know, when they imported Alfie in Alfie there in the and, last yeah. minute. And, yeah. Good question. I've had no idea. I mean, at this stage, it's one of those things where you just go, well, it's highly unnecessary because there's no good players in England. You're right. You want to bring Chris Bailey back as the fight <laughs> eighth because fucking New South Wales in crisis. Josh Reynolds not doing it. Let's fucking get Bailey back. He probably plays fucking prop now anyway. After eating all, eating all the fucking pork pies and drinking warm beers. Yeah. Wash them down. Was, I mean, he was never, never the athlete. <laughs> no. Luke Dawn. Killing it. Bring him into the origin side. <laughs> Benny27. You know it's origin time when your super coach team relies on Tyler Randall. Hash funny game, rugby league. That hashtag's starting to happen. Nice one, up. Unky D. A brilliant origin farrer is like a snuffleupagus. Only one person has ever seen him. Does that make Glenn Big Bird? <laughs> <laughs> Hash myth. <laughs> oh, fuck. If it's one reference I'm going to get, it's a Sesame Street one. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even realise there was a danger of a you know, reference going through the keeper. Everyone knows that one. That shit hasn't changed in 30 years. Bernard JKD. Remember Matt Groton? Glenn does. Yes. Don't you? Quasi Groto. Groto. Playing for Division 2 bottom club Doncaster versus Hunslet. Even Sky have put this game onto the red button only. Guys, we've got, we got three. We've got three props. We've got Woods, Fafita, and Grote. One of them's got to go. Fafita it is. Okay. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Fuck me. Sheens. They got there in the end, though. They, Sorry? Got, they got there in the end. <laughs> but, you know, for feeder in that forward pack now. I wonder how much you get paid playing for a Division 2 bottom club. Well, what did he go... I mean, he would have signed a contract to go over there. Does that Division 2 side feed into a Super League side? Look, I'm not a Super League contract? I'm not going to pretend to understand how the system works, but I don't think they necessarily feed through like that, do they? I don't Because they do, they, they do relegation and things like that. Jeez. Surely you wouldn't win all the way to England to fucking earn second grade money. Well, maybe they pay overs for that. 
I don't know. I wouldn't think Please, Bernard, would be able to fucking sustain it. Bernard, JKD, your homework for this week. I know there's money in the English Super League, but it can't filter down to second division. No. So, Bernard, your job is to, um, A, deduce how much Matt Grote is being paid, <laughs> and B, enlighten Preferably us. Preferably from Matt Grote himself. Enlighten us on how he's playing for a Division Two bottom club. What you need to do so, is go up to Matt Grote and say, hey, can I buy you dinner? And if he says yes, you know he's not getting paid much. <laughs> Especially if he accepts, like, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> White Pie. Daughter watching Eurovision. Just realised the Romanian entry is Glenn Moonlighting. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a million miles away from me, was it? Yeah. I, I, saw a, I saw a, I, I saw a, a, screen, a screen capture. I didn't actually see the performance. Mm. I mean, if it was, like, a Counting Crows cover, it was you. Let's face it. Mm. I can sing more shit. Can I just say that you, you're fucking growing your beard back? No, I'm not. I'm just a lazy cunt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, you got like, you, you got a week there, at least. Yeah. You haven't shaved your head in a while either from the look of it. No, it's getting a fuzzball going on. Looking like a little peach. Oh, what about the revelation of the Blakely house? What? Jackson doesn't want to get his hair cut short and boxed out anymore. He wants to fucking get it, Go the fro. Get it tied it up and let the fro grow out a little bit. See, this is what I've been waiting for. Players don't just get signed on their, on, you know, they don't get remembered from their skills. <laughs> when, you come in, when you come into the game, if he's got a thing, you know, some crazy fucking, you know, sideshow bob. As a halfback, though. Walking like in halves. Yeah, who else is doing it? Boom. He's, he's got a niche already. Jesus Christ. He's that young little fucking halfback that come from, come from Springfield. Well, with all the, the hair. You know, the one with the fucking, the massive afro. Well, the, the and everyone's white, like, the, oh, yes, the of course. Kid, the kid, it looks like, it, it, it looks African, but he's pasty. He's white. <laughs> he's got an African nose and he's got African hair, but he's white. It's like some kind of like an albino. <laughs> what fuck? I can't stress to you enough. He's like an A4 sheet of paper. <laughs> That's how white this kid is. Like, like, milky, like, a, like, a, like a milky Zulu. <laughs> I think it stemmed from the fact that we were saying we might let Leo's hair grow out a little bit. Yeah, and he's like, oh, fuck that. This and everyone kid. was going, oh, Leo's curls. And then Jackson's like, hang on, motherfuckers. I got the first one with these curls. What are you talking about? I got the same I'll show you these bitch. curls. I'll show you my curls, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, I would have put it in the match things, but it just applied so well to the entire the entire week. Uh, ben Dunn, 43, said, uh, really great of the NRL to give us park footy round to go along with women in league round, etc." <laughs> It's really true, and it's I, I don't know if it gets more and more evident every year or we start looking for it earlier <laughs> when it heads into origin time. Yeah. But This this round... This I mean, round was fucking abominable. Close to the worst round of football I've ever seen in, in my life. history of rugby league. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be down with that. The biggest tiger, who's just emerged onto the scene this season. He's wonderful. Tremendous, tremendous. And he's, he's sent this one to you. Offered, he said, if I go down for a game, offered yeah. to fucking shout me beers. I'm like, mate, so you don't have to get in line behind Birdo. <laughs> <laughs> when I go, he he just shouts everything. He you know puts me up, pays for my accommodation, picks me up from the airport, pays for my beers and my food and everything. It's fantastic. Makes oh. a little fucking yeah, puts a, squeezes an extra pillow into his, into his bed. Yeah, <laughs> jams in there for a spoon. I, it's small price to pay, really. <laughs> Really, really, really small price. To pay. But the biggest tigers are twins. Uh, you're one of the most positive supporters I know. Good luck next Tuesday on this week. <laughs> hash heads held high. Hash not our first season. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Lucky Lamp said iced tea with lemonade is an Arnold Palmer. 
which is obviously very, I guess, famous or, you know... First I've heard of it. Yeah, very, very, very common non-alcoholic <laughs> beverage. Al- alcohol or fucking yeah. beverage referential retard yeah. as well. Iced tea with vodka, scotch or bourbon are variations of the John Daly. And I thought that was just a joke because he was a, a loose fucking... Because he's fucking drunk. drunk. He's an al- alcoholic cheeseburger addict. But um, no, apparently that is it's a thing. Uh, <clears throat> Unky D back to Eurovision. Uh, Australia being in Eurovision makes as much sense as South being in the comp or Manly being outside the top eight. <laughs> Look, that's the one snarky Eurovision one I'll let in there because, I mean, we were there as guests and obviously the almighty dollar tells Australia gets tremendous ratings and social media buzz around Eurovision every year. People actually, it's a thing. I mean, it's not for me personally, but... SBS have created a little thing for themselves, you know, in terms of broadcasting the Eurovision. And so it's crazy for them to ignore the dollars. And it's also crazy, though, to think that Guy actually had a chance of victory over there because given we're in the Southern Hemisphere and completely opposite time frame, it just does not work for Australia to host Eurovision. I think he actually fucking did quite well. I thought he did tremendously well. I'm a big Guy fan. I love Guy. I love Guy too. He's he's my fucking favourite. And his wife, his lovely wife, wife lined your pockets, Nathan. He's love. Well, let's 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 be fair. They both do. But the <laughs> Sebastian family is very very good to my pockets. And have to watch. And you have to watch uh, Jules' YouTube video, the tea with Jules one with Guy, because it's fucking hilarious. I fucking did. I not wake you up to that. He did because I well, then I went on Facebook afterwards, and then I started seeing um like the guy the the guys that introduced me to those guys, um put it up and and yeah, and new idea. Took the video, ripped it off YouTube, put it in, put it in their own player, and stuck it on their own site. You did? No, no, you new idea did. Oh, new idea did. Okay. And like that, stupid fucking cunts, like not letting the person who produced the content benefit from you know what? Can yeah. they just put a link through and said, here you go, go fucking YouTube, or embedded the you know the one from her? So new idea, cunts. <laughs> um, Timmy McIntyre the other night. Just in an innocuous tweet. Serial nudist. Serial nudist and, and uh, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Innocuous tweet uh, during the Souths game the other night and said, uh, look, um, Dylan Walker's playing like Chris Walker. <laughs> That's pretty innocuous. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's not, like, massively slamming. Like, Chris Walker had some fucking good games. He did. So, I mean... Walker's it, on. Like, I had, to, I had to look at it and think, well, is he, is he complimenting him or, or what's going on? Dylan Walker blocks him, searches on his own name. He didn't tag him in the tweet, searches on his own name. So then he started tweeting him saying, yeah, I'm in your head, searching your own name on Twitter and blocking one last jab, hash in your head. <laughs> and he tags us in it too, so we're probably blocked as well. Not that I I really imagine that Dylan Walker has got a lot to say, you know, of interest. I can't imagine his tweets are that compelling. No. They probably have like bras and bra in them a lot, I'd imagine. So, you know, it's like fucking like a like mundane light really, isn't it? And I say that not in fucking ever reading a single tweet. <laughs> it's very judgmental, Nathan. Evil conspiracy. I'm a Broncos fan. Couldn't agree more with Nate about Gillett. Like Reed had a killer rookie season, but never maintained that level. Thank you, sir. Unky D said, uh, in light of the Eels cap reach, Manly should offer four in a contract to man the hot dogs down outside Rookie Oval. <laughs> too rich a deal for him. Uh, Ernie Oz. Just listening to the latest show, read, Hugh, read Jeff Hugel. Apparently, cocaine is good for treating obesity. <laughs> Get the motor running. <laughs> Get the motor running. Uh, Corey Davis, 03. He said, fuck you right about Robbie Farrell. <laughs> Thank God, you, sir. Fuck off. And it went the way I said too, like, you know, we get the one saying, right, non-Tigers fans, and then a couple of Tigers fans, but not many, not as many as I thought. 
rallying to his defence. Uh, Blue underscore Beaver. I have seen the last remaining beer of this beard of this week in league, and it is magnificent. No wonder G is distracted half the time. Had lunch with Bennett on Thursday. Mm, sorry so, to hear that. So uh, who paid? Tremendous. Uh, we both uh, paid our own way. Oh, how very liberal of you, Nathan. Well, you know. God forbid you put your fucking hand in your pocket, whatever. Oh, Just saying. I did. Huh? I, I did. Yeah, not, Thirteen, thirteen dollars ten. <laughs> quarter chicken and chips at fucking Nando's. What? <laughs> I bet you had lemon and herb too. You cat. Hot, actually, and I did consider extra hot, but uh, just went the hot, and it was uh, not hot enough as it turned out. Should have grabbed the extra hot sauce on the side, but yeah, and the peri salt on the chips. Are you done? Do you have the peri salt on the chips? Yes. Really? Mm, I think so. Yes. You'd have the lemon and herb mayonnaise if they served oh, it. fucking Jesus. I mean, <laughs> just, it's not this week in fucking how hot is your Nando sauce. But people no, people complaining. Look, we've been going half an hour. We've spoken fuck all about football. People complain. We spoke about origin and shit. We've spoken about fucking... We've spoken also. We've spoken about salary caps. fucking intro shit. Because uh-huh. you talk about fucking your hair and your beards and your fucking penis rings. You talk about my hair. Huh? Penis what? Penis rings. He's got penis rings. Well, look, one of us. It's not you. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Bernard JKD said, uh, it's like, blah, ha, 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 Excellent. Glenn reacting to trailers. That's the new Glenn segment within the podcast until he uh, reviews full films. Does not interest me at all. Suggest trailers from this point on, guys. Suggest a trailer. What about and, fucking and Trotters puts that picture from some fucking horror movie of some dude with no skin yeah and it says help me I'm in hell written on the wall in blood I'm like why why, why are you doing that and then you start posting that stupid fucking clown that looks like Unky D (laughs) (laughs) fuck why just stop doing it that's funny in people's timelines that morning would just been discovered in fucking grotesque clown shit Facebook. Now, last week we had a, a tremendous amount of Twitter stuff, so I didn't do these Facebook stories, but we had a Saguna story extravaganza, and I decided to plan it all and put it all in this week, so strap yourselves in, strap yourselves on, do what you got to do, because it's a Saguna story extravaganza. I don't know if these people want to be identified, so I'm just going to not, um, just, in, just in case, but um, this one... I call this the Saguna stories. I cannot remember this happening. I was but a mere drunken passenger. The incident in question happened around this time in 2008 when Hodges got done for a nasty spear tackle on Piggy Riddell. Can't probably deserve it, but that's not the point. One night I was out in the valley with a mate walking to meet some mates at a club and we stopped at a set of lights. A van pulled up and opens its door, probably driven by Saguna, and there's a band in the back that starts playing some metal music. My mate yells out, give us a lift, and they motion for us to get in. A voice behind us says, give us a lift too. I sit in the window furthest from, my, from the door. My mate's in the middle. A bloke and his missus get in as well. The girl half, ha, the girl half sits on my mate's lap and half on the other blokes. My mate th- then says, Oi, Hodjo, how's it going? To which Hodges replies, Good, mate. Don't get any ideas with my woomsy sitting on your lap. My mate then said, What are you going to do? Spear tackle me? They both laughed and we all got out the next set of lights and went our separate ways. As I said, I've only heard this story from the mate I was with, so I can't confirm it. If I did remember, I probably would have been pretty stoked to meet the great man. Who the fuck says Woomsy? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's probably the feminine v- word for bra. I don't know. 
Woomsy. Woomsy. First time I've ever heard it. I'll be be, be completely honest. First time I've heard that terminology. Got another one. This one on the topic of... Well, this one I will name the person. They're happy to have themselves named, I think, because their name's in the story. Uh, Andy Seegs. Andy Valente. Got a Saguna story for you. The topic of Oxygen Thief reminded me of an incident between me and Brett Sheehan, former Manly reject and rubbish player for Souths and Waratahs. Watching a game at Brookie, Reggie's are under 20s, not sure what comp, Brett took a kick for touch, which I caught. I'd, I'd been abusing him for a while, much to the amusement of the drunks nearby. He had finally snapped and said, I'm coming for you after the game, Valente. He said, we went to school together. I fucking hate the cunt. At this stage, I'd been doing ninjutsu for two years and fancies myself as a tough bugger. Anywho, I catch the ball and someone throws him a replacement. At the same time, I peg the ball back and collect him straight in the old melon. This was very hilarious to the punters nearby, but Brett turned around and I called out, I'll be right here for you, buddy. He never did come looking for me, probably for the best. Because you would have fucking killed him, Valente. He would have fucking picked his brother up and hit him with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So about that 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 like that, that meme where it's like yeah, you get so angry that you just want to hit a motherfucker with another motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. He comes like, running, he's like, "Fuck no, he's got the fucking Napoleon stick." <laughs> they outlawed the wolf tossing years ago. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should name this person on this one, but because uh, it's a fucking cracker. So it's a Raiders Mad Monday in the mid 2000s before anyone thought to bring a dog. Ping- <laughs> pingers were the drug of choice and so they'd enter the system quicker inserting up the arse was the go top shelfing if you will Troy Thompson was having a little trouble though as his pill kept falling out and needed reinserting this happened half a dozen times before he was like fuck it and swallowed the pill instead <laughs> stop it stop it you didn't read that <laughs> you didn't read God, that on your Facebook no <laughs> That has gone down as the fucking best Saguna story ever. I, I oh. And I know how this person got the. I just, know how they got the just, information. And I know it's true. Can I just say? Yes. <laughs> what about his cavernous anus that wouldn't hold a pill? Yeah, for starters, he's like prolapsed. He can't hold a pinger. <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on there, son? Yes. <laughs> and just other stuff from Facebook. Um, Dan Layton said, I can't watch the footy show anymore after discovering the podcast. <laughs> League commentary is best served with a heavy dose of the word cunt. In terms of oxygen thieves, Greg Bird deserves a mention, as does Todd Lowry and Dane Nielsen, although the latter probably should be classed as job thieves. And uh, Jake Harper said, uh, Ben Cray has played 11 Origins and will be best remembered for running away from Justin Hodges. Oxygen thief. Dave Butler said, I don't hold it against Joel Reddy or Blake Ashford. They don't choose to be shit at football. They're just two blokes doing their best in a tough, tough world. And we let ourselves refer to them as footballers. And so the real oxygen thieves are the dipshits that continue to sign their checks each month. (laughs) Finally, memberships. They're all gone out. So, including some people that purchased them in the last couple of days, they're gone out as well. Um, So, really, anyone in Australia... You would have received an email. Check your spam if you haven't got it yet. You would have received an email with a tracking number, and uh, that that'll go through Australian Post. Uh, click the link; it'll go to Australia Post, and you'll be able to see where it's at and when it's coming, all that sort of thing. International people, I'm sorry, you're fucked. Um, there's, they're not trackable. Just, I guess, just calling work, calling sick, take some annual leave time, sit on your doorstep, and wait till they turn up. That's the best advice I could probably give as far as tracking. Uh, Run TMB still four to be sold. No movement. I mean. You know, shocking, I know. But no one's been inspired to buy a West Tigers-related piece of merchandise. 
Including myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you were the first one to buy Run TMB, even though you didn't need to buy him. You just believed in it so much. Yeah. You just wanted it to happen still so do. much. I still do. Uh, a jersey's there in production, so uh, that's all closed and done. And uh, yeah, I guess they're going to take like fucking forever, eh? I mean, pay the bill? Yeah. Yeah. So I paid when I said I was going to pay it. So. That'd be five weeks away then. Yeah. So obviously Australian made then. Because if they were made in Asia, they'd be heaps quicker. Yeah. <laughs> first story and this one came out not too long actually after last week's episode unfortunately but um dave smith the chief executive of the nrl said that Parramatta were repeatedly warned they were in danger of breaching the salary cap last year but they ignored that advice leaving the governing body no alternative but to issue them with a heavy sanction on thursday Parramatta have been fined five hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for breaches totaling four hundred thirty-six thousand across the four salary cap bans last year and they will also be deducted four competition points in 2016 if they did not undertake an independent governance review. The Eels breached the NRL top 25 cap by $101,718, the second tier cap by $233,036, the uh, top 20 NYC cap by $60,915, and the NYC second tier cap by $8,277. It's the first time an NRL club has been found to have breached all four caps. They were also reprimanded for benefits of $32,104 provided to players by the Parramatta Leagues Club in 2013, including the purchase of a car by the club from front mower Fui Fui Moimoy. The Eels paid Moimoy $15,000 when it was worth between $3,800 and $5,200. The salary cap, yeah, that's like straight up fraud, isn't it? The salary cap is one of the reasons we have the closest sporting competitions in Australia, Smith said. We have to continue to take a hard line against breaches, particularly where a club's governance and compliance systems are demonstrated to be inadequate. This action is aimed at improving the underlying problems at the club, which have caused this breach. The NRL took aim at what they called mismanagement, largely by previous administrations. However, they said the club had been warned on multiple occasions last year not to play particular players because of pending cap breaches, and that advice was ignored. The Eels, under new management following the election of a board led by Premiership winner Steve Sharp in 2013, told the NRL of their salary cap concerns for 2014 that year and disclosed the number of breaches in a pre-season stat deck. However, their failure to then heed the warnings and the advice from League Central has seen them hit hard by penalties. Not real bright. Get this though. It is reported then that the Eels were shelling out more than $750,000 to players who had departed the club which impacted both their top-tier and second-tier salary caps. They included Remy Matua, Jacob Loco, Daniel Harrison, Jordan Latham, Chase Blair, Jake Mullaney, Matt Ryan, and Braden William. Eels Chief Executive Scott Seward said that their caps problems had restricted their recruitment plans, although they have since gone on to sign Manly and New Zealand International Kieran Foran and New South Wales Origin forward Bo Scott for next year. None of it really makes a great deal of sense, and it's it's disappointing especially when you hear that you know the NRL were actually trying to be proactive about it and trying to help them get their house in order. Yep. And they took zero notice. Yep. You know, I it's it's very frustrating. Um and I guess they're trying to put them behind the eight ball by you know threatening to take points off them to start next season if they don't undertake it, the the, the in, independent review of their governance and and their structures in the club. But do you really see them doing that? Been such a fucking basket case. For well, that's so the long. thing. I think Different it's good. It's, like, it's almost like a forced. It, it's like um, 
it, it's like it's like forced sort out the fucking head office stuff that's been plaguing him for. Well, you know, I mean, forever. what price four competition points when you know they were threatening, you know, and and actually trying to be proactive and actually assist them last year with their salary cap issues, and they ignored it, you know, and yeah. they, they've been hit with a half a million dollar fine. Doesn't make any sense. I don't sense. think they're trying really to help them. Be. They're trying to help them not break the cap, but I don't think they're trying to help them because. I, I can't remember. Well, they're trying to give him advice and say, you, you, you know. Yeah, but I can't recall Parramatta really suffering an injury crisis that would have amounted, you know, that would have meant that they would have been in danger of breaking, you know. Like Penrith last year, I could totally see yeah. it, you know. where and I could, Didn't the Tigers have a situation where they were asking yep. for, like, dispensation to... Yeah. No, they yeah. sure did. Yeah. Um, so. The cynic in me, mm. the cynic in me, the same cynic that probably believes the conspiracy theory when um, that Michael Jordan went to play baseball um, because there was some serious fucking he was catching some serious heat from the NBA in regards to his gambling addiction. Um, Jared Hayne would have been eating up a large chunk of their fucking salary cap. Mm-hmm. He's no longer at the club. Yep. And. I think his his story at the moment is is a fucking fairy tale, and I think it's magnificent. But do you think that Parramatta encouraged it in order to fucking not be over the cap by another million? No, I, th- I think they would have just been like, uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah." Actually, Jared, that's a fucking now you mention it. That's, that's a fantastic fuck. fucking idea because yeah. we're fucked if you don't <laughs> yeah. go. We were thinking about fucking off Sandow and fucking Hop Junior, but you know, if you want to save us, then you know. Doing us a solid there, Jared. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's a massive long, massively long bow to draw. There's no way it came from them though. No way. No, no, no. I'm not saying they, but I'm saying they they certainly didn't discourage it. Yeah. It was. It might have been an easy out. Yeah. Or losing their best player, but. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And getting a what mo. <laughs> Trent Barrett. Is poised to make a dramatic mid-season switch from Penrith Panthers to join Manly Seagulls as an assistant to Jeff Toovey. The news of Barrett's potential arrival at Brookvale could have ramifications on the future of halfback Daly Cherry Evans, who signed a much-publicised multi-million-dollar four-year deal with the Gold Coast Titans, but has until round 13 to change his mind. The Seagulls have been in negotiations with Barrett for almost two months and are close to finalising a deal that would see the former Test 5-8 join the club as early as next month. While Tuvi has yet another year to run on his contract at Manly, it's understood Barrett's being groomed to take over, possibly as early as next year if the struggling Seagulls fail to turn their season around. The Seagulls have been working overtime trying to entice Cherry Evans to stay at Manly, and it's now it's believed a new coach may help the club's cause. While the Seagulls have moved swiftly to bolster their forward pack by signing international front row Nate Miles for next year, it's also been noted that the Queenslanders close friends with Cherry Evans and could be, Cherry Evans and could be vital in convincing him to stay in Sydney. Barrett is regarded as one of the best young coaches in the game, has been promoted from Holden Cup to Ivan Cleary's assistant this season. The potential move coincides with the return of immortal Bob Fulton, who also has a strong relationship with Barrett during their time together at rep level. Uh, Barrett's previously been linked to North Queensland Cowboys and West Tigers head coaching positions. Probably uh, speaks volumes about Jeff Tuvey's future at the club. Um, young up-and-coming uh, coach with a strong relationship with the uh, recently appointed overseer, overseer of, of football operations in, in, in Bozo. It certainly sounds like they're uh, they're shoring up their position uh, for Tuvi's uh, imminent departure at the end of the season, um, given that 
he's probably not so much in favour and part of the old guard. Uh, he's the last enemy yeah. of the Pens. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Cherry Evans is a little bit of an enemy, but I think they realise now that they actually they need him. And he's and he and he's displayed Look, he his, might, his usefulness to the, he, the club lately. Cherry Evans may be viewed as an enemy, but at the end of the day he's also a valuable valuable commodity. Coaches come and go. Um you know, franchise players that can hang around for a decade. Yeah. Don't yeah. necessarily fucking come and go. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, you know, by all reports, Barrett's very, very uh, astute coach, um, and has a big future in coaching. Um, at various levels of the game. So, um, you know, he's probably... Is Willie Mason playing again next year? Um, he's only signed on one new deal. Yeah, okay. However, there has been talk of extending it, though. So... Yeah. There's, I mean, he's not that far removed from... You know, he would have played rep footy with Mason. Yeah, yeah. And maybe even Brett Stewart. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, and yeah. pinch. Um... Smart move, you know, he he's a guy that, um, you know, with the right sort of uh, guidance and, and, you know, structure around him could, could make a career coach and he's, he's certainly young enough to, to do that and he's got some runs on the board already at different different levels of the game and enough people um, that are good judges think very highly of him, so fairly astute acquisition by Manly. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it has a lot to do with Cherry Evans because at the end of the day, I know that the club has, uh, they've matched the Titans anyway. Now, so, and I've always said that if it comes down to the money being the same, and then um, it just being a case of Gold Coast versus Manly, Manly wins every time, every day of the week. Um, just the, the, the hassle of moving his wife—that's when his wife's happiness and that will come into it. I mean, obviously, she can't say a lot in terms of you know where the money's coming from when it's a couple of hundred grand a year more, but you know, all things equal. Manly wins hands down and like you know I've heard things but I'm not going to say I can't say anything until until it actually happens but um yeah pretty confident that uh, he'll be staying at Manly and uh, also Foran requested a meeting with Manly it happened this morning I believe so Tuesday morning and uh, my belief is that he's trying to get in there to backflip first to try and ensure that there's enough money there if he wanted the bat flip. So hopefully they told him to go and get fucked because no one that supports the Manly Club wants that. And although he was the favoured choice of the of the pens, I, I would hope that they see now, you know, in terms of the performance and commitment to the side and everything like that, who the most important person is there. And also just general injury resi- resistance as well. I think Foran's broken down a bit. Um, and what else? Oh, and also, you know... From a reasonably, what I'd, what I'd consider to be a reliable source, given their relationship with the person in question, but um, yeah, Todd Carney's definitely been approached as well, and um, let's say his family have indicated that you know they're being all very wink, wink, nudge, nudge about it. So it'd be nice to see maybe maybe Carney down here next year as well. But I wonder how the NRL would react to that as well, because I think if Cherry Evans stays. I think the NRL will no way they'll register Carney to play at Manly. If they what? lost it, because it'd be like, fuck you, no, fuck you. Maybe you can play at the Titans. <laughs> you know, but there's like, no, you, you, fucked, you fucked our club out of, our club, the Titans. You fucked them out of, out of Cherry Evans. There's no way we're giving you fucking Carney as well. 
allowing Carney to happen. So if it did, though, I'd be fucking I'd, all for it. Carney and Cherry Evans on the opposite side of the right. Mm. It'd be great to have creativity on both sides. Well, the creativity, Again. creativity, and fucking crash balls. I think that's pretty much what it is at the moment. Grubber for Horo, crash ball for Horo. I mean, otherwise it's Brett Stewart doing all the heavy, heavy creative stuff over on the left. So, um, look, we'll see what happens. The best thing about this whole situation with Cherry Evans and Foran and all that shit is it's less than a fortnight now to go. And it's yeah, all fucking said and done, so I'm so fucking glad. I'm getting glad. sick of hearing about it, to be honest. At the end of the day, I don't think the media's <coughs> certainly doing Cherry Evans any favours with the amount of speculation. Um, and, and to his credit, he has tried to pour water on it um, you know, and and spoken quite um, vaguely. Well, you say <laughs> vaguely, but certainly he's been very smart in what and measured in what he said and what yeah. he hasn't said. And yeah. there's probably more. There's more in what he hasn't said than what he has said. I think to, exactly. Uh, that's why. That's probably why they leads that. to speculation too. But he's been quite smart about that regard. But um, the media and look, regardless of how Cherry Evans comes out, looking. Um, his manager's going to be, you know, he's the one that can't lose. So, um, and I think if he stays at men's, a bit like the Tedesco situation, only with a higher profile guy, given, the, you know, Cherry Evans' achievements in his career, um, at the end of the day, it dies down and he plays on. And It's already dying down. No, this, is, this is the other thing that makes me think that it's a done deal because... Zorba was trying to destabilise the whole process the whole time, you know, through the media, and that's when then Cherry was getting crucified, and, you know, now that's stopped in the media completely. And now it's more like, oh, Manly are entitled to offer him, a, you know, to come up with a, a great final offer. He's entitled to hear what Manly has to say, and all this sort of shit, and they're already softening on it. And, you know, the, the news when it comes, it'll come at a time, you know, where it causes the least ripple in the world. So, you know, perhaps Thursday after Origin, especially if Origin is epic, you know, it's a yeah, origin's always epic, like in terms of news coverage and that. Bang it out on Thursday when things are a bit quiet, that kind of thing. So uh, I expect it to happen this week, though. I think I don't imagine that they're going to leave it till the last second. Because the thing is, when it comes down to signing with your own team, it doesn't matter. Like mm. the Titans have got no recourse. Sure, the Titans can't try and you know counteract the counter offer. I mean, you re- if you're re-upping with your own club, there is no round thirteen business to it. It's just it's done. So. Yep. Cool, okay, and um, finally, a lot of people were talking about this, so I thought I'd put it in the news, uh, but um, after hearing the West Tigers cop it on the radio, coach Jason Taylor rang in to launch an impassioned defence of his team and its playing style. So I was driving along and I caught the end of it, and I know there's a lot of disappointed Tigers fans out there at the moment, so I thought I'd come on and answer any questions that you might want to know where we're at with regards to the weekend's performance and where we're at as a team right now, he told uh, the Rush Hour on Triple M, which features uh, Joey and uh, Sterlo. The Tigers come under fire in the wake of Saturday's dour 8-0 loss to a depleted North Queensland Cowboys outfit at Campbelltown Stadium. Taylor pulled no punches when it came to talking about his side's poor attack, but was adamant the Tigers had more pressing problems than an inability to find the try line. He said the coaching staff were desperate to improve the club's defence after a poor recent run, which included a 22-12 loss to the Knights and a 36-4 flogging by the Roosters. We're disappointed with our attack in that game. It was pretty ordinary and we need to work on that. It sounded really weird for people after that game, but we have to get our defence improved and we have to toughen up as a team and we've set about changing that. Last year we had 110 tries scored against us, which is the worst in the comp, and the year before that we had 120 tries scored against us. What we need to do is we need to change the culture in regards to toughening up the team and building, being a better defensive team. 
After fielding more questions from Sterling and Johns, he was adamant his club was headed in the right direction. I know that was ugly on the weekend. I said after the game it was crap. Our attack was crap. We're better than that. But we defended in the fashion that we needed to defend, and the challenge for us now is to do that again, and then do it again, and then do it again. We started the season well in that regard, but then we dropped off. We've got to toughen up. You can't go anywhere near winning competitions unless you can defend, and right now we can't defend. So that's where the energy is going to remain to go. That means we've got to put more energy in defence and a little a little bit less in attack. I'm not saying we don't want to score tries, but we've got to learn to do this. We've got to toughen up, and that's the path. Well, I'll give him one thing. He hasn't wavered from his position from the day he signed, or the day he was announced as, as the coach, to to that phone call. He yep. hasn't deviated. His focus, 100%, has been on improving the defence first and foremost. Um, and... To hear him, well, actually, to have the coach, the head coach, ring a radio station in order to set some things straight, I honestly think that that says more about Jason Taylor and and the positive things he can bring to the club, despite the performance on the weekend. Um, because for so many years, we've had Tim Sheens just papering over cracks papering over cracks trying to you know deflect this deflect that and you know never having to never offering never having to answer or or be accountable for horrendous fucking selections team selections week in week out season after season never once did he put his hand up and 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 offer to offer any accountability yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Tim Moulton again. You know? Yeah, that's... No, oh, no, I'm going to play Blake Ashford in, at 5'8". Chris Lawrence at 5'8". I made, you know, I made Laurie Daly at 5'8". Fuck, can't I make Chris Lawrence at 5'8"? That's what I do. I'm Tim Sheen's motherfucker. And, you know, I, I think that speaks volume as the type of coach Jason Taylor is. He, um, you know, first and foremost, he, he has high expectations of the playing group and... And, you know, he's open and up front and forthright with the fan base and, and you know, people that have a vested interest in in the club performing. So um, we're certainly extremely disappointed and we'll get to the, to the team's performance on Saturday night. But, um, you know, he made some valid points. Yes, they need to toughen up. Yes, scoring 110, having 110 or 120 tries scored against you in consecutive seasons is unacceptable if you want to go yeah. anywhere. Um, and you don't happen to know where you're at this year. Sorry? You don't happen to know where you're at this year on that tally? I don't know. No, I'm just well, he, said, he said in the interview we are, even despite the performance against the Roosters... Which is um, what, six? And even the Raiders, um, we're still in front of where we were. We're in front of where we were at this point last year, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think is um, you know that accountability is great. Um, I still don't understand how um, the you know we can look like absolute fucking world beaters and like have an unstoppable attack for fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes in games. Yeah. Albeit going to sleep for the rest of the game. But, you know, for periods of time, we were unstoppable against some of the better teams in the comp. Um, and then a depleted North Queensland side, we, we, we can't muster a try, a single try. Um, and it was all one out, one out, one out, and then kick. Yep. 
Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to find a happy medium on the attack. Somewhere between fucking, you know, relentless, you know, um, momentum and, and constant movement and, and risky plays and, you know, attacking from around 20 and all the rest of it. Somewhere between there and five hit-ups and a kick. I'd like to find a happy medium. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get more pointed thoughts on the game the other night. Yes, we will. In the recaps. Recaps for round 11 of the 2015 National Rugby League Telstra Premiership. Vuvuzel around, let's be real. Kicked off Friday Night Football. South Sydney Rabbitohs 14 defeated the Parramatta Eels 12. And uh, this one, the Rabbitohs 14 points came from a double to Aaron Gray. Cameron McInnes also a try. Isaac Luke won from three conversions. The Eels 12 came from tries to Brad Takarangi, Reese Robinson and Manu Mao. And conversions, nothing. Sandow had a couple missed. Reese Robinson had to go missed. Sandow also with a penalty goal missed. So that's there's your match right there. Three zero from three from Sandow. He crashed this fucking game. <laughs> I thought that was a real premier's performance from South Sydney. They were missing stars. They were up against feisty opposition who'd had a horrible week and wanted to put it behind them with a with a victory. Um, they themselves weren't playing well. Real stuttery sort of performance and. They still managed to find a way to win. Um, you know, they had a bit of luck go their way as well. And sometimes, you know, and given, you know, so far their premiership defence has, you know, started out looking like they were going to be unstoppable. Then they, the wheels fell off a little bit yep. now, so they've got some injuries. Um, you know, these sorts of games where, you know, they managed to scratch and scrape and claw, claw their way to a, you know, pretty ugly win, you know, it can be the difference between, you know, getting getting a week off at the end of the season or, you know, even scratching into the eight, and then it becomes a different season and, and you've got the, the added bonus of, of, you know, being the premiers and, and be, having been there, done that. So um, this could prove to be a very important victory for the Rabbitohs as the season wears on. Um, <clears throat> I think the last try to win it really summed up Para as a club. <laughs> All the confidence and the bravado in the world that they'd be able to to do something good and then ultimately just surrendered meekly and the opposition ran straight through them um, untouched um, to victory. So, uh, look, there was some, some good signs for Para. They, you know, threw the ball around a little bit. Conditions weren't really conducive to that, but there was some pretty free-flowing footy and some that pass from Luke Kelly cut out, you know, a couple of players and put the winger over untouched. You know, some quality play, but in the end, the good... The good teams find a way to win, and the and the other teams find a way to lose. And and Parra just seems to be in a habit at the moment of finding a way to lose rather than win. And um, you know, a season that you know at the start of the season they you know they won a couple of games and they, so they were promise. very very competitive and you know they're a fair way from from those sort of performances in this game, um, albeit only a two point loss. But you know the Rabbitohs were well below their best as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you started off saying, I was going to stop you at the start of me saying it was a very premiership, like, well, you know, what have you said to start for the Rabbits? Because it wasn't. It was free. It was, it was like this round. It was fucking terrible. Um, well, they, were, they they didn't play well, but, yeah. you know, you know, t- at the moment, 
Teams like the Tigers, they don't yeah. play well, they lose. Yeah. yeah. Teams like Power, they don't play well, they lose. Yeah. And that's that's the difference. At Mitch the Geo, dear Parramatta, please explain your player's salary to winning games ratio. The lower the dollars per player, the better. Ouch. <laughs> Voodoo Rock, watching Watmouth struggle week after week. I can't wait for next week's podcast. Shoot me now. <laughs> Didn't even like... It's becoming redundant to keep talking about what, mate. I mean, he is definitely the fucking dud buy of the year, and they got another three. I mean, he, there's no way in the world he sees out these next three years after this. This season is the single worst statistically, fucking subjectively, just watching the games. There's nothing. This is his worst season of football ever. And, like, by, by a fair margin, he probably wasn't making the massive meetings with Manly in the last year or whatever either. But, I mean, this is, like, next level shithouse. This is the kind of level that uh, that, that Kieran Foran wants Brad Arthur to take his game to. Um, Finn Scotty. Sandow can fuck off. That drop ball inside our own 10 with 10 to go and a lead of only four is simply unacceptable. Paul Mack underscore 78. Why is it fullback in the first place? Was it Arthurius? Paul Mac underscore 78. That was Sandow's best performance for South since 2011. <laughs> Bay Bay BNC. Would have been nice if South lost, but there's something comforting about Para losing. You just know the universe is in balance. Uh, shithead list. I said, supporting Parramatta is an act of self-harm. The tunes are really changing now, aren't they? They're almost resigned. I mean, he's only halfway through the season, you know. I mean, you only, you know, you last. But come on. The real Jedi. Supercoach Arthur with a shinious move of Sandow fullback. Fucking myth. Hash cap cheats. <laughs> Claire Simo, whose position does the NRL rookie win next year? Reddies or Goodwins? No. Oh. <laughs> Toss a coin. The North Queensland Cowboys, eight, defeat the West Tigers, zero at Campbelltown. And uh, the Cowboys, eight, came from a try, a try, and like barely made it into the game. <laughs> a yeah. try. Antonio Winterstein, Ethan Lowe with a conversion and a penalty goal. And uh, West Tigers. Duck egg. Look, as JT said, defensively, it's obvious the Tigers have, have made progress, but let's not forget that the Cowboys were without three or four of their best players, including the best player in the world. Starting halves and their second kind of options as well because mm. the wife beater did his hammy in, in Reggie's the exactly. week before. So. You know, say what you want about the progress the Tigers have made, but they had, you know, playing the way they did in attack, would they have held... JT and, and those other players out. I mean, it's that's and yeah, that's and their a big ask. With you know, you guys like Scott and that too. I mm. mean, they had they you know they had the ascendancy anyway. But I mean, you know, had even better forwards in there. I think similar as to what I was saying for the, for the Rabbitohs. Uh, you know, as I said, without three or four of their best players away from home, this is a really important win for the Cowboys. A team that's traditionally. Shit away from home and good, shit during yeah. the origin period. Shit against the West Tigers mm. as well. At yeah. a at a ground where the West Tigers traditionally, you know, tend to You know, the fact that okay. this this was a game, you know, to commemorate the ten year anniversary of the two thousand and five premiership win over this very fucking team and we were playing at home you know, and they were depleted and we couldn't muster a point. It was, it was commemorating this stage of the two thousand and five season, perhaps. I think that's probably more accurate. Um I just, there's lots of people with lots to say when the Tigers lose. Um, and they're 100% right in what they say, let's be fair. A lot of the times, you know... They're just calling I, it how they I'm see just, it. I'm just curious as to their motives. I think they all, they're all jumping on now 
while the going's good as far as their trolling. <laughs> they all hate the thought of the Tigers being good. They hate it so much. Because <laughs> they just cannot stand the thought of how unbearable, unbearable I will be when the Tigers finally click and put it all together and go on a, you know... You're fucking unbearable into, anyway, though. That's into their dynasty. You're unbearable anyway about the Tigers. Oh, what it means is when there's actually facts behind it. That's when it becomes fucking people terrible. Just, people are scared. <laughs> people are scared and they're, they're trying to, you know, dig me into that deeper hole that when they do come good, I won't be able to dig myself out of it. So, um, credit to the Cowboys. They, uh, they got the result. Having said that, as horrible as the Tigers were and with the unimaginative attack, ironically from a you know, a bit of a fluffed kick and then a second hack at it, we almost jagged a try and unfortunately story of the night couldn't yeah. couldn't quite hold on to the yeah. ball and make it happen. So yeah. um disappointing. I do feel a lot better after hearing Taylor speak um on the radio, but it's gonna have to happen. You you would think that Things are going to have to clink in the next month or so, for yeah. To, to try and you know you just you don't want to get to the end of the season and go oh yeah well fucking now next year's a rebuilding year again, and how many rebuilding we, years can someone fucking? If we waste fucking... the prime, if we waste these prime development years of of Brooks and Moses, yeah. If we waste it and then you know. People were calling for Taylor's head. I, I think that's a bit fucking outrageous, but... If you want to behead someone, Moses. <laughs> you can be a germ and a pest and everything, but I mean, if you're, if you're useless and a germ... Well, to know. be fair, these last two weeks in, in attack, he was the only one yeah. really offering anything. Yeah. Um, it's like they trade off to see who's going to be useless that week. <laughs> yeah, between himself and Brooks, of course. Jacob Miller the second. Oh, that's that's not even remotely accurate, and quite frankly, I find that insulting. Send him to throw fucking crash balls to Quasi Grotto over for second division. <laughs> second division team. wooden spooners. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You finished? Yes. The base chapo. Is it time for West Tigers to stop blaming the coaching staff and realise some of the players were overhyped? He needs to get, stop getting his mum and dad to fucking type his tweets for him. Saguna, my Saguna eighty-five. Can you sue an NRL team of theft after they stole three hours of my life watching that Tigers-Cowboys utter garbage last night? Why did it take you three hours to watch an 80-minute game? Yeah, well, I guess he's talking about travel time out to Campbelltown and, and back. And, you know. Where does he live? Threesome with Wade McKinnon. That probably takes yeah, three, true. You know, yeah, 30, there's four 30, minutes. 30, 40 seconds. Including four, beating four play, four play, four play. Um... <laughs> Chapo again said, I sat through the 1998 and 1999 West Magpies Wooden Spoon seasons and they never played as bad as West Tigers did tonight. Comment? You also sat through those seasons? It's hard to say who who was worse, but you have to say this Tigers team, based on that performance specifically, based only, sorry, on that performance, if you match that against a, a late 90s yeah, Maggie's. You look at the talent in the Maggie's. The Maggie's probably would have lost have. that game by sixty, but you would have gone. Well, yeah. I mean, look, but look at look they at don't the have the guys. Side. They look don't the have the troops. Yeah. You know, okay, we didn't have we didn't have Robbie and we didn't have Woodsy. Yeah. We still had, you know, 
the most highly touted young Haas combination in the competition. We still had Tedesco. We still had, you know, Simona, Lawrence. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. And some quality forwards in there as well. The talent across that side compared to what the Maggies were trotting out there in yeah. the 90s is chalk and cheese. The thing is, I can't believe people haven't come at me about this game because I was positive. I was like, you fucking watch this game. These you fucking, were. These young cunts without fucking Farrah there just to, to fuck them over. Yeah, I was wrong. I gotta admit, I was wrong. They are fucked. It wasn't Farrah's fault. <laughs> he wasn't stifling them. He was carrying them. Exactly. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have both ways. But are they good or are they being carried by Farrah? I can't have, have it both ways. <laughs> DJ X-Plane. I almost went out to Campbelltown tonight and narrowly avoided a Vuvuzela. I wanted a rest fault scarf photo in front of the stadium. What the fuck? Was, how's he in Campbelltown? Why is he in Campbelltown? I don't know. There's just way, way too much context that tweet required. Steve-O wins. The team of destiny, Asterisk, remains undefeated, Asterisk, on their way to premiership glory. On a side note, I think my damage might be brained. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger underscore Benji. Well, if that wasn't a fuck this shit, why do I even bother sort of game? I don't know what is. Amen. Corey Davis, 03. You can say hashtags in decline, but you can't decline any more than zero. It's true. Solzy, 04. I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking tigers on this motherfucking decline. <laughs> Hash wrong bet. <laughs> the Canterbury Banks down Bulldogs, 41. Defeated the Canberra Raiders 34 in first grade, no less. Uh, this one, well, the uh, 41 points to the doggies was uh, Michael Litcher, Moses Mbai, Curse Rona, a double to Josh Reynolds, Frank Pritchard, Corey Thompson, also with tries. Uh, Mbai was uh, five from seven conversions and a penalty. Reynolds got a, the decisive field goal. The Raiders 34 came from double to Sisawanga, Sean Fenson, Papali, Blake Austin, Mitchell Cornish, also with tries, and Jared Croker, five from six conversions. Josh Reynolds has no idea how to pull his fucking head in. He's, just, he's, gone, he's gone mental. He's just like a fucking... He's a, he's a legitimate crazy person. Yeah. Um, and they just they, they strap the jersey on. It's, there's a time when you've been, as you know, to use Chapo's stats, six times in 16 fucking games you've been put on report. Yep. There's a time where you just got to pull your head in. So even if you do something good on the field, don't fucking layer it up. Even mm. if you score a try, don't fucking carry on and just get on. behave yourself. Just pull your fucking head down, get yeah. on with it. And do that for a season or so. Let shit fucking die down. People might not actually think you're the biggest fuckwit on the world. Don't get reported for like 20 weeks in a row. Don't get put on report 20 you know, weeks in a row. Maybe tidy your act up and let your football do the talking. Nah. It'd be funny. Does if they, not have it in his game. If they had a sense of humour, what they would do is they'd put him in a straitjacket and a Hannibal Lecter mask, and just fucking wheel him out on a on a on a trolley at the start of the game, hey, and then have like guys wearing like you know orderlies and that do you come know what out I and undo him and then let him onto the field. I don't understand for the entertainment factor alone. Yeah. Why they can't do like proper like team walkouts or, or you know player intros and stuff yeah. for the teams. Yeah. You know, put the lights out. You know, yeah. there's probably an OHS, OHS fucking risk there, but surely they could put the lights out on the field and just do a spotlight thing and announce the players one by one and let them run out or yeah, yeah, like just for, you know like they're doing the NBA. I know there's only five, you know, they only announce the starters or what, but and and you're talking five players in the you know on a basketball team yeah. as opposed to a, a full squad of of thirteen starters yeah. in the NRL, but they could trot them out pretty quick. I reckon that's probably not a bad. As far as pre-game entertainment, before yeah. the game kicks off. I that's think a that's a horrible idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they do that, and then Reynolds needs to be wheeled out in a straitjacket. Exactly, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And then they get, the, they get people dressed up like you know, like like with the you know the whites and everything, and like you know, like they they can feign like that they're you know injecting him with something to calm him down, and they undo him, and then they yeah. all back off like feign, but, and then all of a sudden you have a you know a Brandon Lee situation where all of a sudden Josh Reynolds is no longer with us. May he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> Leisha and Umbai might. It, it seems strange given you know their starting halves of. Have both played Origin, and one will be lining up tomorrow night. But um, Leisha and Umbai might actually be the most pivotal parts of that bulldog spine in twelve months' time. Yeah, and it makes it even more a horrible decision that Cronulla let Leisha go. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess how much how much influence does a coach have on on that guy's development? I would, think a lot. Flanagan yeah. get as much out of him as what Hasler is. I don't think he was. That's the, I think and they were kind of happy to let him go. Like the fans were happy to let him go because they're kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, he's a lazy trainer, blah, blah, blah. He's, you know, he's not going to do shit, but he's getting better. He gets better every week. I think for the Raiders, they were again competitive and that's that's actually credit to, to Stewart and that's major progress given some of the drubbings that they've been on the back end of in recent seasons, the Raiders. Um, they could throw in the tower yeah. in games and, yeah. um, you know, they hung with the Bulldogs. They they come back. What was it? Fucking twenty six blot. Yep. And come uh, back. Yeah, twenty six nil. Yeah. Come back and it was thirty four all. Yeah. Um, impressive effort. It's a bit of a never say die attitude, and they, um, you know, there's some there's some issues there to allow a team to get twenty six points ahead, but a lot of character and a lot of ticker to to actually fight your way back in, you know, when the momentum swung your way, um, and lock it back up, and they were they were unlucky not to come away with the win. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the thing about that punter who won like had a hundred dollar bet and he won like two hundred sixty five thousand dollars? Yeah, motherfucker. I can't remember exactly what the he context bet, of he, the bet he, was. He bet he bet the Cowboys to win by eight and the Dogs to win by seven. Wow. And considering and 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 considering that the Dogs seven point margin all took place in the last minute. Amazing. Fucking ridiculous. Um, where are we? Cruzy zero six props to oh, sorry props to Sticky for kicking a chair for a forty twenty. Hmm. Nailed it. And this is like the, the common theme. Uh, uh, base Chapo, the Bulldogs' performance today. Words fail me. Hash can't spake. He's got hash dogs of war as well. Devonhead, I think it's high time we have a plastic chairs in league round. <laughs> Everyone love that. Solzy zero four. Nice comeback Raiders, but honestly, a start that embarrassing shouldn't end well for you. It's not the Tigers for fuck's sake. <laughs> JR underscore buff. How many more plastic chairs have to suffer before the NRL will step in and do something? How valid points? Surely the Techno Viking is a shoe in for revelation of the year. Could also bag mascot of the year. Look, I think he might even be a warm favourite for mascot of the year at this stage. Absolutely. Revelation is in the he's in the Revelation he's definitely he's in the mix, I'd say. And we've got uh you underscore fucking underscore what, mate. Bulldogs have scored more points in the first 10 minutes of today's game than the Tigers have scored in their last four in-game hours. <laughs> Don't care to comment on that statistic? No. And finally, Monday night for bitch. Brisbane Broncos 31 defeated the Newcastle Knights 18. Uh, the Knights, oh, sorry, the Broncos 31 came from tries to Anthony Milford, a double to Jack Reed, Andrew McCulloch and Corey Oates also with tries. Uh, ben Hunt, one from two conversions, Jordan Kahu, three from three, a penalty goal for Kahu as well and a field goal for Milford and the Knights 18 came from tries to Tyler Randall, Corbin Sims, BJ, Joey, Joseph Leilua, Tyron Roberts, three from three conversions. 
Solid win from the Broncos. They looked in all sorts of trouble um, various stages earlier in the game, but they managed to compose themselves and um, coming out in the second half and, and impose their class on the Knights. And the Knights clearly have forgotten how to beat anyone but the Tigers. They had their chances and um, and couldn't take advantage of them. And, and the, the Broncos got better and better as the game wore on. Milford, you know, come finals time, should the Broncos continue... Um, in their current vein of form, um, or something something like that for the rest of the season, uh, they make the finals. It's been a bit of a slow burn for Milford at, at the Broncos. He um, he started out extremely slow, and then just week by week, he's building into games and um, not overplaying his hand and deferring to Hunt a lot of the time and and picking his moments. And he gets better at choosing those right moments every week. Uh, by the time the finals roll around, he's going to be a very confident beast, um, and that's a that's a real um, feather in the in the cap of the Broncos, um, a guy with you know game breaking ability like that doesn't have the same amount of pressure and expectation of him as he did at the Raiders to to try and make every good thing happen. He's got other players around him, um, especially now that Boyd's back and fit, um, and with the form that Hunt's in, he can really sit back and and just pick those moments when he, he seeks sees an opportunity unfolding in front of him, he can actually, you know, call the ball. He's not being expected to, to lay on every play, control the kicking game, um, and then also, you know, control a lot of the defence from fullback like he would be, would have been had he stayed at Canberra. So, um, real X, X factor that he's been well coached by Bennett. He's, uh hasn't let the media speculation as to the expectation on him and, and questions over his form. Um get to his player and, and he's obviously built his confidence from the inside out and um, the Broncos are getting the benefit from it. So you see I suck Milford's dick for... I don't know that I did that. I thought that was fairly measured and, uh, I, you know, I'm a I'm an Anthony Milford fan uh, and unashamedly so. I think he's, uh, he's, he's great to watch and uh, he's, he's taking on a different role at the Broncos than what he had at the Raiders and I think he's adapting well to it. Mr. Underscore so no, Wars. Nathan, I am not going to suck. Him. So you just went back and fucking gave him seconds. You wiped your mouth off and went back in for oh, another come fucking on go. Now. This is a family program. <laughs> Mr. Underscore Wars. Nicarima, Andrew M. Milford Hunt. Close to the line, that legwork. Wow. We let them parade up the field easily, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, two of their three tries are pretty arsy, too, I think. The biggest tiger. So most NRL teams are in the win-loss washing machine cycle. The Broncos are out and clean favourites. Hash shitless. Hash in the trier. None of that makes any sense to me. None whatsoever. Aussie 86. You reckon Newcastle are missing Bennett yet? Hash shit players. Hash can't win a two-horse horse race. Weren't they holding signs up saying Bennett who? Or something like that in the first yeah. game? Yeah, they're getting smart. You know? Cattle Dog Blue. Well, at least for a rare occasion, we nearly matched them in the salary cap. Filthy scum Broncos get by with no limit on cap. I, f- I fail to see the relevance to that particular game. <laughs> <laughs> Cruzy 06 what we learned tonight Knights are shit Gidley still ruins Stone isn't Bennett Knights are still shit and Roberts oh fucking what the fuck is that I don't even know what that says Cruzy I'm sorry I'm going to cut you off right there mate Mitch the Geo can we stop calling Chris Houston a footballer he's more of an active spectator <laughs> Ash warm body and of course, many, many buys this week are Dragons, Panthers, Roosters, Seagulls, Sharks, Storm, Titans, and the Warriors, all with buys. 
previews for round 12 of the 2015 NRL Premiership. And uh, we start off Friday Night Football. Penrith Panthers take on the Parramatta Eels. Matt Moylan still with busted fingers. Peter Wallace, Jamie Soud, Sigaro in the side. Um, reasonably, that'd have to go close to full strength, Panther side, wouldn't it? Who else is who's out? Mansour's there. More yeah. complete, yeah, more complete than they've been in a little while, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Dean Varro's not there, but Panthers. Brent Kite at home on a Friday night, full strength. Fuck. It'll be a bit of a over the loudspeaker. They'll be running tries in the cheerleaders. Oh, will just be the cheerleaders are going to look sensational, and they're going to get a fair bit of airtime too, just quietly. Because um, I'm I'm thinking Panthers thirteen plus here. Look, I don't see why not. Parramatta Eels. I mean, like if their fans, the temperature of their fans is anything to gauge the team by, they're almost conceding a spoon. <laughs> It's funny though, I full of bravado a couple of rounds in this season and it was going to be all different and that's the difference between a team with a shit culture and a uh, loserish fan base. They're the ones that are going to just like, they, they hit last place and they just concede the spoon. It's like, oh fuck, we're done. You know, no fight in them. And you know, the Paramount Eel side is, is tending to adopt the demeanour of their fans at the moment and I, and I agree, they're going to get a couple of truisms that we're going to see on Friday night. One, the Panthers are going to fuck them up. Two, Chile's going to look amazing. And I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the Gold Coast Titans take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Seabus. This one, Saturday afternoon. I think Rabbitohs will be a lot better than we were last week. And I think even if they play the same as they did last week, they'd still beat the Titans. So I think Rabbitohs will... Uh um, especially with Inglis backing up, provided he gets through the game uns- unscathed. Um, Rabbitohs by plenty. And uh, the Titans, interesting to see how their 2016 halves combination goes in this game. <laughs> when, uh, do, you, do you think if, if DCE fucking uh, elects not to go to the Titans, do you reckon Caesar will renege on camera? Well, don't know. Is there enough incentive for him to stay? If well, they bump up his deal... With some of the DCE money, who knows? Uh, yeah, personally, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather go down and uh, fucking play with Techno Viking. But Canberra's a shithole too. But they're both 5.8s, that's, that's the issue. Yeah, but, you know, once again, we, you know, we've had this discussion before, but the modern game, it's not really, doesn't matter. You don't see teams line up in order, you know, anymore. They're both you know? running. I mean, Caesar would probably be the guy that has to go to seven. Yeah. He's got, you know, probably more of a long-kicking game and... and yeah, but it's just like the distinction these days, it just isn't there as much. But still, I mean, some teams less so than others, you know. Some teams yeah. do play a bit more of a traditional um, half, five-eight sort of role, and, and it is, you know, less and less prevalent. Yeah, so the one is, like, I don't think it really matters that much, but, um, you know, I guess it depends on the dollars. It doesn't really matter unless you have two, two guys that aren't particularly great organisers. Yeah. Effectively, yeah, two five eights. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, yeah, like two halfbacks. That's yeah. his problem. Split them. You know, away you go. Even if you have, you know, two different personalities, one's a good organizer. Even if they essentially play either side of the rock. Yeah, but you still have that that one dominant party. Yeah, in there. Um, it's so yeah, it's an evolution of the game for sure. I get what you're saying. 
Yeah, and um, and yeah, I don't think Gold Coast Titans stand a chance in hell in that game. No, I agree. Canberra Raiders take on Brisbane Broncos. This one is uh, down in Canberra, Saturday afternoon, 5.30pm. A uh, friend of mine recently uh, that I was working with, her uh, boyfriend recently got a, uh, a job and was posted to Canberra. And uh, she's moved down there with him. She's a little, she's a Broncos fan. And back in the young, her younger days had visions of being a Broncos cheerleader. And she's going to this game, sent me an email last week saying, Broncos coming down. Do you think I should wear a Broncos scarf and a Raiders beanie? Yeah. To show support for, you know, her, her boyfriend. No. But she'll show my love for my team. I'm like, if you wear that, I'll disown you. Shit fan. Go there, wear all your Broncos gear, cheer like a fucking crazy person. Troll them like crazy when you fucking put them to the sword. Exactly. Um, we're getting as close to full strength on this Broncos side as, as we have um, for some time, if you ask me. And I think... Uh, I think the Raiders will be competitive. I think the Broncos will struggle with Blake Austin, but I still think the Broncos will squeak out a victory 1-12. to I haven't looked at the odds of this, but I heard the Broncos were not the favourites. That's interesting. Around $2. Okay. I don't know what the fuck they base that on. Why wouldn't they be? Canberra's still going to Canberra. Well, they've got a bit more heart these days. Canberra going to Canberra. I mean... You know, yeah, they're showing more heart, but I mean, when, yeah, when did they become already two favourites, the Raiders. When did they? I mean, this, there's probably a fair bit of speculation. I mean, that that figure might change after Origin when it comes out that you know yeah. Corey Parker, you know, these guys aren't injured, or you know, they've come through the game okay. They're not, you know, they're going to be playing all right. But and there's, I guess there's an asterisk on a number of games like that, and the Broncos certainly aren't as affected as they have been, yeah, you know, historically this year. I mean, yeah. they've retained a fair, you know, a fair bit of continuity in their side, but tend to still be uh, pretty competitive and, and pretty reliable on the road to the Broncos. So yeah, I think uh, I think Canberra will struggle. Actually. I think Canberra will struggle to uh, to get over the top of the Broncos. North Queensland Cowboys take on the mighty Manly Seagulls Saturday night, seven thirty, up there at thirteen hundred teeth. Big ask. Oh dear, the return of Kieran Foran. If all the Bron- uh, sorry, if all the Cowboys players back up and Manly can somehow muster up a victory up there, they will be back. Yeah, it's what we do. Did the storm down there in Melbourne? We take out the storm's uh, different proposition, given your uh, psychological advantage over them. Yeah, maybe so. But um, yeah, once again, big big origin asterisks all over this game, sure. but, um, particularly on the Cowboys side. I mean, you know, Thursday or Morgan go down. Yeah, we'll see a different situation. And certainly the Cowboys are going to concede points to the Manly side that they didn't concede last week. So, um, interesting to see uh, the side. We've got Tommy Simons retaining his 5'8 position, where he's actually been not too bad. I mean, he hasn't really been playing a traditional 5'8 role, but he's been good. Kieran Foran, halfback. That, to me, is just fucking disgusting and makes me sick to look at it, to be honest. What would be your option, given DCE's out? Uh, I don't know. Well... It's hard. If you have yeah. a fucking alternative solution, it's hard to be critical. Yeah, I mean, I just want—I don't really know what the situation is down in, um, in you know, New South Wales Cup in terms of injuries and things like that. Yeah, is, any, I, is anyone I, to bring up? Or I respect the fact that they, you know, they're trying to. I see what they're trying to do with Simon's there, um, and ho- hoping that Kieran Foran will be, you know, an organising and and you know, Jeez, he'd playmaking. Want fucking, yeah, I mean, at his best, you know, but. 
Easy, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be very interested to see how the how the attack goes. Uh, I would expect Brett Stewart probably to play a bit of a hand. Yeah, in, uh, in the the probably in or the Jamie Lyon, yeah, probably yeah, Jamie Lyon probably take a bit of charge over on the right hand side. And I think Foran would probably well the way Kieran Foran was before his before his injury was he was just catch and pass, and usually then Brett Stewart would be the one that would do the the actual ball playing. So look, if that if that happens, then so be it. I mean, you know what I want from Foran is fucking putting his shoulder into tackling and not doing arm tackling. No, just don't be a fucking liability. You don't have to be the star, but just don't be a liability. That's all I ask. If you do I that, it's a big ask for me. Thirteen plus um, easily. It will certainly be a, a very impressive victory if they were to pull it off. But right at the moment, I have to have to go to the Cowboys in a tight one. Mainly fucking specials. The more you put on, the more you get back. The Warriors take on the Newcastle Knights Mount Smart two p.m. on Sunday. Oh look, at Warriors home, by a billion at home. At home, Tomkins there. Um, yeah, I. I think the Warriors will win quite convincingly in this game. People can talk about their West Tigers and their fucking Parramatta Eels and the, and all that shit at the moment, but the Newcastle Knights are the worst team in the comp at this point. Yes. The Broncos can make a lot of it. Oh, they can be, oh, baby Broncos. I mean, uh, removing the fact that their spine was almost in, intact. for Their spine of most of this season was intact in that game. I mean, you, you, they lost Darius Boyd. Oh, you know, he played two games. Yeah, yeah, he's played two games. I mean, they had their their, their spine that got them where they are. I mean, it was in place, and that's the first time in an Origin sort of situation. Not the first time, but it's it's a rarity for the Broncos sure. traditionally exactly. to be in that kind of position to have to have good halves that aren't taken to Origin. I mean, because they've had, yeah, you know, they've had fucking problems in the halves too. Sure, they had shit halves. Even when they had shit halves, when they had Peter Wallace, he still got selected for Origin one time. So, you know, it just happens. So that that win against the Knights, you know, I thought that was a fucking foregone conclusion and they made it harder on themselves than they need to because the Knights are fucking atrocious and the Warriors are going to beat them dead set by 32 points in this game. You heard it here first. Very confident. Get on the margin. Be that guy. Be the guy the TAB talk about. Get on Manly 13+. plus. Get on the Warriors by exactly 32 and you could turn 100 bucks into fucking $600,000. You could be that guy. And send me a cut. St. <laughs> George Illawarra Dragons versus Cronulla Sharks Sunday afternoon Channel 9 game Jubilee Oval Oosh. Dragons by a billion I mean it'll be a dour struggle as as Dragons games tend to be Cronulla Sutherland Sharks Sharkies have been you know they've, they've been, been okay the last couple of weeks um, I think this will actually be quite a competitive game um, look I've just got to I'd have to lean towards Dragons. I think it'll be close. I don't think there'll be that many points scored, and I don't think there'll be that many points between the two teams. Um, I, I just think Marshall and Widdop, um, and then you know Dugan off the back of that. Their forwards have been um, been quite mobile, especially their edge runners, and um, I think Sharks bigger. You know, for guys like Fafita, um, just. I can, might struggle a little bit laterally to deal with those edge runners with with the footwork and um, you know Benji and, and that'll give Benji and, and Widdop time to to operate. So I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tip the Dragons in a tighter one. Look, I don't care what the Dragons have got in attack. What they do have is defence that's not going to sure. allow the Cronulla Southern Sharks to score too many points. The end. And finally, Sydney Roosters take on the Melbourne Storm Monday night foot bitch. Allianz Stadium, 
the games we see this the games we see this round, and this is the Monday night game. Yeah. I, Strange. Could have been the could have been a Sunday afternoon game. I don't it know. Could have been the match fight. of the round for sure. Um, how far these games are actually taken, you know, taken by the various broadcasters, how far out they're taken. Honestly. What were the odds of both of these teams not you know, I pick Melbourne to be on a bit of a slide, but with the players they've got in the team, how would they not at least be competitive? Yeah, you know? but I mean they're also like when you've got the Channel Nine game St. George versus Cronulla, teams were both supposed to be shit house this year, and I mean the Dragons are the only ones that have proven to be marginally less so. So, yeah. All that aside, though, it's a tough one to call. Very asterisky in terms of origin. I mean, there's a lot of representation coming from both sides mm. of this encounter. Yeah. Um, I think they'll, you know... Probably the two biggest contributors to, you know, overall to origin this season, yeah? I, I believe so, without having my abacus out. But I think um, the fact that it is five days or so removed from from Origin will actually work in their favour. It's probably yeah. not yeah. not quite, quite that really short get. turnaround where they're you know, they're still half pumped off the adrenaline or it's not quite just that little bit longer where they're fucking you know, they're sore and sorry for themselves. Um I think that, you know, with the right recovery as they all do these days, um, you know, that's a decent time frame for them to be fresh and, and firing. But uh Roosters at home I've I've got to tip them. I agree. And that is full-time for episode 190. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League and on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And you guys smashed it on the Facebook last week. The shares, tons of shares, tons of comments. It's fucking awesome. Keep it up. Can iTunes. Got some reviews. Uh, we got one from um, Juddy84. This one was from a couple of weeks ago, but for some reason it's only just shown up the, in this last week that I've looked for it. The number one, sorry, Champs, five stars. The number one rugby league podcast out there with latest news, game recaps, and reviews. Delivered weekly every Wednesday morning. The two hosts have a, have a slight bias for their teams, but show the true <laughs> passion that we all do for the game that is rugby league. And it shines through in the podcast with great humor and joking around. Not just not between just each other, but the listeners also. Follow them on Twitter at TWI League to get in on the fun. I've been listening to this podcast four years now. Keep up the awesome work, Nate and Glenn. Thank Legend. you, sir. And uh, we've got one, Tops, five stars, from Joel, 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 18375. Except for the maximum treble increase when Glenn uses the letter S. I'm, I'm just, I'm shrugging at you now. I'm not sure, I don't. <laughs> now you got to try and frame your response and not use the letter S in it, I guess. I'm they'd confuzzled. Be so I'm a bit confuzzled. <laughs> Tipping. Why only the letter yeah, S? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Explain yourself. Tipping. David Kingston remains at top. Um, with the or- origin result is actually tied into this week's tipping, but as it stands at the moment, um, David Kingston on top. One point back, we have Bush Lemon. Another point back, we have Tucker, Chris Blackwell, Manola Calvete. <laughs> the new exotic. And it is a magnificent name. It is magnificent. And another point back, we have uh, Mario Siegs, Ben Diggity, Riz, Doug, and Mikus. And uh, most of the people this round are getting like one out of four so far. 
over. I forgot to put my tips in as it turns out. So I got three out of four. Thank you. <sighs> booyah. I actually saw that I had three and I was going, that's a shit house result. And then I was like, actually, it hasn't been that many games. That's not too bad. And it's like, yeah, you like, you know, in the top 20, whatever of the round. I'm like, How the fuck did that happen? And then I looked and it was just like, dash, 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 dash. <laughs> Quality. Fantasy. Rick Grimes, bitch. Still on top. Um, the margin's not that great, but he does manage to keep it up there. Uh, the Wendells, Top China Dragons, One Chick Pony, Puds Pick, Bobbers, The Pool Cues, Seagull Assassins, and War Horse, and finally Sesame Timbers rounds out the top. And that's, from 1 to 10, there, you know, there's under 400 points between them, so that's pretty even comp. Good shit, guys. And the uh, Pick the Ladder comp, proudly statisticalized by DJ X-Plane on Twitter, get it around him. Mitch J. Hooper is on top. He's, uh, so he's gone up three points. Am I still up there? You're second. You moved zero points. Quality. Zero positions. Consistent. Mad Dog, up two to three. Me, up four places to fourth. We know shit. James Thew, he's, uh, up three to five. Sam McNally, 5482, is up one place to sixth. Voodoo Rock, he's dropped five places to, um, six, tied with, uh, with, uh, Sam McNally, also tied. Drop Bear 001, he uh, remains his position from last week. And then to round out the top 10, we've got Tall Hayden's jumped 18 spots to 9. And uh, Barjas dropped 7 spots to 10th. And uh, great idea for the, great idea for this comp. Whoever came up with the idea, do it. And just the execution from X-Plane is just sensational. As we come to expect. And it's just such a great comp because like, it's not like you know you get a bunch of leaders and they go well and maybe drop back. It's like... Week to week is such a variable thing. The entire top 10 can change on a weekly basis. So sensational. Um, of course, don't forget the shop. We've still got a couple, very few memberships left to go. And uh, we need four more of those run TMB shirts to get sold. So uh, get around them. And the Tigers with a buy this week, along with yeah. the Bulldogs. So we'll sell a bunch of T-shirts this week. Well, 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 it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, though, too. But they certainly won't be doing any damage to the, <laughs> to the potential legacy of the T-shirt. But... Um, yeah, that's it. That's all we've got time for. Bring on the origin. Now that the game's actually clay, I've been a bit over the, all the fucking talk and all the hype and all the bullshit yeah. banter. Yeah. Now the game's almost here. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm, I'm completely fucking over origin. But I know once it starts up and, you know, you get on TV, by the time, you know, by 10 to 8, I'll be fucking frothing for it again. Yeah. As you always do in the build-up. But, um, yeah, at the moment, I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, it's on. No Tigers, so um, I'll be disappointed. I won't be able to put the dis- the, the the shitty performance of last week behind me. But uh, well, you get two points this week. I'm also uh, what else could you want? I'm I'm also avoiding a, a, an additional shitty performance hypothetically. So we'll um, we'll take that as a pot- positive and move on to next week. See you next week. See ya. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.